Letterman want you to know. We are sorry. What happened to you? You're a good man. You didn't deserve that. Since when do we get what we deserve? Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is the creepy but necessary podcast called Monster of the Week. And I am on cold medicine, so I'm gonna have I'm gonna be mixing up my words all day, Chris. <laughs> How are you? We'll get through it. I'm doing okay. I'm sorry you're not feeling well, but happy birthday. Um it'll have Thank just you. passed by the time this releases. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I hope you have a good one. I appreciate that. If you listen to this on the early feed, then uh, my birthday was the previous weekend. If you listen to it on the public feed. It was the previous weekend. That's how the public feed works. That's how um, it works. I want to apologize in advance for being sick. You can obviously tell my voice is weird. I'm, uh, I have a lot of congestion. I'm going to try to edit out sneezes and snarfles and all that stuff. But if some sneak through, 
apologies in advance. Just, you know, I don't have a, I don't have a boyfriend angel to heal me constantly mm. <laughs> without me knowing mm-hmm. about. So I have to put up with the common cold. So folks at home listening, if you want to go ahead and sneeze and cough yeah, while listening along, me. I think mm-hmm. that would be great moral support uh, to make it feel better. So appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Put this on at the hospital. If you're in the hospital right now, if you're in the ICU, <laughs> get your mom to blast this. <laughs> that would be the greatest thing ever. It's terrible, Chris. Uh, how do we do this? Uh, if you'd like to support the show, you can yeah. go to patreon.com slash monster of the week. Uh, you'll get access to the discord and lots of other fun episodes. We might have some fun stuff planned for the future. If Twitter is to be believed. Yes. Uh, other than that, do we have anything that we say at the beginning? Do I introduce the show now? Uh, no, I usually go through all of that and thank everybody that is doing that currently. And then I say, Hey, Chris, catch us up on what's going on in season 15. And you read us out something that you have written, um, which right. may not exist. I can't believe that I typed this out, Jeremy. But last time on Supernatural, John had a bastard son named Adam who once served as a stand-in for Dean as Michael's vessel. <laughs> Meanwhile, Sam and Cass have now confirmed that Sam's wound connects him to Chuck. Eileen is part of the crew now, and Dean's fire has been relit. Simple on this one. It's easy does it. Uh, this is Season 15, Episode 8, Our Father Who Art in Heaven, written by Brad Buckner and Eugenie Ross Lemming, directed by Richard Spite ah! Jr. This aired on December 12th, 2019. God blesses him who helps his brother. Sam, Dean, and Castiel continued search for a way to defeat Chuck, leads them to unexpected places and towards unlikely allies. I have uh, stopped my normal practice of copying all of this demographic information about the episode mm. before I watch it because I was constantly getting spoiled on old characters showing up. Um, so I'm just now learning that this was written by uh, a even though we talked about it at the end of last week's episode. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have at the surprisingly okay, but Buckleman episode like this feels very workmanlike and, you know, I had to resist the urge to kind of invent reasons <laughs> to be mad at them. I was like, is this seem misogynistic? I bet it is. Let me, hold on. <laughs> Let me, me look. I'm like, I don't, oh, whoop, whoop. Let me check my woke here. meter. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> the woke meter's going nuts. It's orbiting like uh, crazy, Dean. <laughs> I think there's a racism so, around here. <laughs> to avoid being a parody of myself. I was like, let me. I'm just gonna dial it back a little bit. There was a couple lore things in there that I thought, you know, got a little twisty. But overall, I can't believe I'm saying this. I liked this episode. Yeah, it's a it's an okay episode. I uh, our the continued drive to bring old characters back is uh, very bizarre to me. Although I'm really liking the way they're giving Eileen something to do in this, even though it turns out to be very tricksy. Mm-hmm. Um, she's at least her own character in this, which I, I'm finding very good. Like I can't believe that Eileen didn't. Um, like her and Sam didn't have super awkward sex or something in this episode. Like I kept, ex- I keep expecting the bad sex scene to happen. Um, and I just don't, I'm just crazy. Don't want it to happen. <laughs> I would just rather them just go walk into a room, close the door and then come out smiling and not see anything in between. I, so. yeah, you know, we haven't had any crazy sex scenes in it for a couple seasons, right? Like it's been a know, while. Yeah. Jared's married. I think the last crazy sex scene he had on here was probably with his wife. <laughs> so <laughs> let's just hope that it's, you know, that's it. Um, so we're going to start this episode off, I guess, right at the beginning. Um, the episode reminds you that uh, Adam exists and like that whole deal. Um, I could not believe that shit. And I was ready to be mad, like a buckling episode where, where they're bringing up Adam. Come on, people. I uh, I assumed that this this had to happen, right? Like, I assumed this would happen right. in season 15. I, I am OK with the way that all of this worked. Like, I think this is this is totally fine. I think the time stuff doesn't quite line up for me because um, it really seems like. In the, in the episode, Adam gets out like 
while all this is happening instead of weeks ago now because <laughs> yeah. it's been it's I been guess, a while yeah but I don't know who cares uh, we're gonna who start cares? out in a uh, in a casino bar where everybody looks like they're passed out on the bar at first until you realize uh, that there's a bunch of bodies on the floor that are unconscious as well. A very nervous cocktail waitress brings a very delicious-looking drink over looks to quite tasty. Uh, Chuck, who is playing the slots and winning every time. Um, I guess this is supposed to be Chuck being a badass, but it, it just makes him uh, look so pathetic that he looks I, like such a loser. <laughs> I know. And I love the fact, and I hope they're doing this on purpose, that they are playing Chuck as like a just working that line between absolutely terrifying powers and complete pathetic loser personality. Like I think it's yeah. hilarious. Like and yeah. Rob and I, and I think it's Rob Benedict uh does r- real well with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I almost expect him to like still try to play that nice guy a little bit sometimes because he's done it so much before. Um, but, you know, when the when the server brings his drink over to him, it's like nothing but like pure, like, if this isn't right, I'm going to kill you. That's his, it's his entire vibe. And then he just continues playing the fucking slot machines like a, like a loser. Like a How loser. How's that even fun? Uh, Is anybody it's... tell Chuck about video games? Like... <laughs> Chuck played JR uh, Tales of Arise in the middle of a. And he's like, wait a second. Why do all these games end with killing God? Oh my God. I thought this was just a whale, but it turns out to be my dad. So that's, yeah, that's probably what he, why he doesn't play video games is that he found out about the JRPG situation and was like, this is fucking bullshit. This is fucking bullshit. This is why I have to end this world. Yep. He found out he didn't get his Elden Ring network test invite and is just mad as hell at this universe. <laughs> Uh, constantly refreshing my email today, by the way. I know this is off topic, but just just looking <laughs> just looking around for it. Um, so we got the main episode where Eileen is fighting a vampire uh, and kind of just whooping up on it a little bit. Uh, she mm. she has to duck away and she pulls out a knife. Uh, and as she whirls around this the corner of a whatever some wet pipe factory uh, stand in, uh, she is surprised to see Sam. Um, and they have a brief conversation where uh, Sam, he says, are you tailing me? And he's like, yeah, you you left without being a note. He goes, am I being a low protective? And she's like, yeah, you absolutely are. Yeah, definitely Let, a little bit. Let's kill this vampire. And then we just go crash cut back to the bunker where she is just sleeving a delicious looking burger while he's eating up on a salad. Yeah, come on, Sam. Always disappointing us with the uh, with the food selection here. Uh, but Dean comes in, finds the meeting, and he's in a shockingly good mood. Uh, and in his hand, he has the demon tablet. Um, and he starts thinking, yo, this demon tablet was dictated by God for to keep uh, demons in hell, right? Or to combat demons. And then there's the angel tablet to combat angels. These were... Uh, Stop gaps. These were these were measures put in place to stop angels or demons from taking over the world in the event that God couldn't stop it himself. Yeah. So that means that there, you know, there is a there is a clause somewhere that says God might not have the power to do this thing. Do you think that it's a Santa Claus? Uh oh. Oh yeah. Uh, we're uh, just it's a Satan clause. We're um, just gonna to keep everyone. We're nope. gonna repeat the pilot of South Park where 
God has to fight Santa Claus. <laughs> that's oh what the, that's, that's, how, that's how Supernatural ends. And that is why everybody is so mad is because there is yeah. a fucking Santa at the end of the season. We did not expect a South Park <laughs> crossover <laughs> of all things. Can you imagine if the big bad, I know we've already fought Santa Claus at one point or had a Christmas episode or something, <laughs> yeah. but like actual Santa Claus in season 15 would make me just lose my fucking mind. I'd be out of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, this um, is a good idea. This is Dean being productive. Like he f- seems to yes. be after the events of the last episode where he killed one of his best friends of 20, 25 years. He doesn't mm-hmm. feel any remorse for that. And instead he's very excited to be a hunter again. He's back on the mission. <laughs> he's, yeah. He's, he's, he's back. He's back in, back in the saddle. Um, All it takes is to kill your best friends, guys. That's what you do. Are you, are, do you struggle with depression? <laughs> Have I got a cure for you? <laughs> just kill your best friends. <laughs> just um, kill your uh-oh, best friends. Uh-oh. Um, so Cass, Cass, get, cut it over. We need somebody to read the, the, the tablet. So Cass goes to Donatello's house. You see him knocking on the door. Uh, and he has to go over to the window and he finds Donatello trying to kind of hide from him. Um, next thing we know, Donatello has been pulled over to the bunker and he's he's being asked to do something he does not want to do. Castiel is uh, so fucking exhausted with this task as well. Like you could tell, like mm-hmm. he, he knocks on the door and he's like, just open the door. Like, I, I don't have I don't want to do this. <laughs> like, get in the truck yeah, and let's go. Not interested in this right now. Iron blooded Castiel is back and he's he's not interested in your shit. Um, they take it back to the bunker uh, and he wonders he being Donnie wonders why they don't just kill God. And we find out that, um, I don't know if they've ever told us this or not, but Sam says like they can't kill him because creation itself depends on him. I sort of feel like they might've just invented that for this. Ep- <laughs> like I, I swear we've been talking about killing God at least since the finale of season 14. I, I thought so too. Uh, so this seems like a weird, this seems like an important lore thing to just have come up now of like, Oh, we can't kill God. We have to, we have to like, Zip Unless they're just like planning for this for for the inevitable outcome of like okay maybe we should just you know lock him up I don't know locking God up seems a lot harder than killing him I agree yeah let them let them be there and think his thoughts it seems a lot more dangerous uh, yeah so they kind of explain like no we're not going to do that instead we want you to read this stuff uh, and he says okay well I'll read the demon tablet but if I start going crazy again you just you have to shoot me because I don't want to put up th- this anymore uh, yeah. and then we crash cut to him with just I love this about Donnie man he he's not going to work without chicken <laughs> the dude just does, no, refuses it's not happening he's he's not working without chicken I've, I've got it. I've got a one member union <laughs> all I require is a five week vacation per year and endless chicken I want endless <laughs> yeah. chicken for my demon tablet I need five buckets on hand at any at, one any time, time okay? at any time that does not mean it is limited to five buckets i'm saying i need at least five buckets minimum in my five vicinity. buckets yeah i need to be able to see that they exist if you if you need extra buckets behind there to make that happen that's on you i just that's need the five uh team free will just kind of is awkwardly staring at him while he's doing this uh and eventually he finds some annotations from metatron uh that says uh, I didn't write this exactly down, but like the Almighty hides his secret fear and only shares it with his favorite son or whatever. Um, yeah, and we learned that um, through Meta- Metaton's liner notes that he made, Metatron, Met Marv, what's his name? Um, through his the notes that he left on the tablet, yeah, we learned that God shared all of his secrets with his favorite, who at the time of writing would have been probably Michael. Exactly. Uh, so... They think, okay, well, let's go get Michael. Uh, Castiel's like, that dude's not going to want to help y'all. He's got, I'll put him in hell for 10 years. And he's like, yeah, but, you know, he's been in hell for 10 years. Like, his dad left him there. Like, he's going to be mad at his dad if we get him out. Uh, and this is when Donatello is, like, basically stroking out. He's freaking out. Like, why is it always... Comp- oh, I think they have to explain that they put Michael in hell and 
in the, in the cage and yeah, Sam yeah, was there yeah. and it was another brother and everything. And then, and Donatello just freaks out. He's like, what is it with all of you Winchesters? Why is it never simple? Yeah. Why are you always like this? And, um, uh, and then but, he blanks out and is possessed by Chuck. Yeah. No sweat. No sweat. Prophet of God can be possessed by God. I guess that, uh, I, I don't know. I guess that kind of checks out. I don't know if that's in the lore previously, but I, I don't have a problem with that. No problem. Um, so chilling with Don, maybe, maybe risky move. Um, and Chuck is like, hey, you might want to stop whatever the fuck you're doing, um, which means that they're on the right path. <laughs> if he's if he's trying to stop them, that means they're on the right path. Um, but he threatens to not just end the world or end them, but to start by going after all of their friends. Um, Jody, just Jody. Jody, um, Donna, Donna, and Eileen with, um, with a significant glance towards uh, Sam at that. Uh, yeah. Castiel goes and checks the Bunker's warning because he's errand boy for this episode for some reason. Probably because Buck that's Lemmings why he's so really fucking like mad. I like I I don't like that he's errand boy, errand boy, but I like that he's mad about it. Yeah, absolutely. I like that he's just angry all the time. Basically, um, he comes back. Warning's good. Obviously, doesn't work against God. Uh, and they send Donatello home. Uh, Donatello grabs a bucket of chicken on his way out, which I think is very funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's so happy to leave. <laughs> And Castiel is worried of like we, you know, if the God is kind of onto us, what are we going to do? Like, and, and Sam and Dean are both on on team. Like, let's fucking kill God or let's go lock God up because the only way to make sure that everybody is safe is to do this. Like, they they can't have the threat hanging over them, so they have to go through this no matter what the cost. Yeah. Um. So here they're like, okay, yeah, we we gotta just go down to the cage. We gotta find Michael. We gotta talk to him. We gotta figure out what's going on. Castiel is against this idea for a number of reasons. Um, one of them being because both Lucifer and Chuck said that Michael was, had, had gone insane in his time in the cage. Um, or at least Adam had, I think both of them, I think that's what they're saying here. I don't mm-hmm. remember. Um, little, uh, you know, little, little, I take a little issue with this. I feel like Lucifer's whole thing used to be that he did not ever lie. Yeah. He would trick you like with the truth kind of, that was sort of his whole thing. Um, and I know that they violated this in the past, but it doesn't make sense for, for Lucifer to just blatantly lie about a fact yeah. for no reason. That doesn't really affect anything. Um, but whatever, that's fine. Maybe in his, in his his interpretation of Michael was that he's crazy because he just sits around all day talking to Adam. Meanwhile, I'm over here having fun with Sam. Yeah, it would be like if I was in a trap with Lucifer and I was just talking to my vessel instead of Lucifer, Lucifer would probably think I'm insane too. Um, but I, I'm with yeah. you. Like we, we've talked about this a lot where like the idea of Lucifer in season four and five has been just, just so fucking demolished in the later seasons. Uh, so this doesn't really surprise me. Uh, when Castell is arguing about this, though, like Dean is having no truck with this. He's like, look, if you're not into this, like stay your ass home. I don't care. And then walks out. And even Sam is like, dude, that was harsh. <laughs> like he kind of yeah. gives Dean Jesus, a look. Dude. I'm like, geez, man, what is going on with you two? It is really, I know you guys are like in a fight, but like this is unnecessary. <laughs> Uh, and then it's time for some good old fashioned spell making. Uh, they're replicating mm-hmm. Rowena's spell that sent Castiel to hell. Uh, this time Sam is doing the work. Dean puts some blood in it. Uh, Castiel heals Dean, which is a kind of a nice moment. It almost looks like they're going to hold hands, but it not quite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sam starts the spell. Castiel lights the match, and then they disappear from the bunker. And now they are in hell, uh, leaving Eileen behind to presumably like feed this spell. Yeah. At first, stuff. I thought she just got left behind, but now I realize, like, oh, it's like yeah, she's supposed had, to be there. Yeah, she's, she had <laughs> a job. Yeah, <laughs> the way that she sort of just like blinks, 
like see she's like oh okay all right oh cool you know she's hung out with the winchesters a couple times but this is some this is some shit that they get up to seriously like we're gonna purposely go to hell and do this uh they're not in hell long when demons show up uh and these demons are like demon plus they're level two demons because they kick level, yeah major ass uh dude this chick's got sam in an arm bar in like two seconds flat dude like, with the fucking like... uh with the legs over the neck arm bar like about to break his arm i was like what is happening right now it's incredible now? it's incredible uh um, one of the women it's... like step on dean's neck and i'm like well this has got to be in some fan fiction somewhere like this is yeah, just too much yeah. uh <laughs> i think is there a part where dean looks up and he goes is anybody winning yes are any of us winning absolutely uh which as much as it's really stupid at any time that this happens because i just don't i just don't think i mean we've seen they're very they're very bad fighters we know this they throw very wide punches it's very confusing um but i just feel like i hate it whenever they get somebody gets to jump on them it doesn't make a ton of sense for me but here i i I had fun with it i had fun watching them get their asses kicked they uh but this is all very quickly stopped we hear a voice that yells stop um and as the demons kind of uh like leave them alone they stand up and they look over and hey it's our old friend rowena she's back mm. she died mm-hmm. uh we we had a big old heartfelt goodbye sam's been really upset about it until he got a new gf uh and even now he <laughs> seems a little he seems very even shook. now <laughs> the amount of sweat that immediately oh my god started up, broke uh, out on his on his forehead is just it he he doesn't he's he's fumbling over his words he's worse than me uh he does not know what to do he's like i i i uh, I, I can explain i, uh, I can explain I, uh, I, uh, she uh she says, there's a key <laughs> there's there gotta be, be a door <laughs> uh she says that she died went to hell uh and from there she took the throne uh and she she's the queen of hell now um she laughs at their plan um, because she's like, what, you guys really going up against God? And also, Michael is probably not even in hell anymore. Like, all of the doors opened. Um, mm-hmm. And then when she, they ask, like, well, can you help us? She's like, yes. And then she yells at the demons who all scatter to go find Michael. Uh, how do you feel about Rowena being back so quick after after dying in episode three? Um, the idea of Rowena being queen of hell, I think is kind of cool. But um, it it definitely takes away from the sacrifice um to know that i mean just narratively like the sacrifice means nothing to the viewer because she's just immediately back it's been like four episodes yeah and she's happy like we're gonna find out later she's really excited about all like, of this. yeah it's not that i want rowena to be like suffering and miserable for eternity but it's just like nothing ever happened yeah like, like this could have just been like okay anyway um everybody left hell so i'm gonna go down there and i'm gonna take over and i'll I'll catch you guys later well wish me luck it could have been that you know it's like it's it just doesn't it doesn't hold any weight her sacrifice holds a lot less weight i guess than than it did before yeah and it makes me think that like any significant death that they're going to do in season 15 isn't really it's just going to be just like the previous deaths where it's just going to be a fake out Mm -hmm. uh in a lot of ways so it's a little irksome uh i think she looks dope as hell like and yeah um when we eventually see her on the throne like hell yeah girl like that looks dope but uh Mm -hmm. part of me almost wishes that she actually was like no i did not die i kept myself alive sure and i like i would almost rather that be the twist rather than just like no (laughs) I'm, i'm just a soul in hell who took over uh, I don't know. Whatever. I don't care. I don't care. It's just, it was too soon, I think. We go back to the bunker uh, where Eileen is getting a phone call from her old friend, Sue, who thought Eileen is dead. Sue is tracking down some vampires. She's looking for help. Eileen's like, hey, yo, I'm actually feeding this spell box so that my boyfriend can be in hell so that he can go resurrect a archangel. But like, when I'm done mm-hmm. with that, we can handle your little vampire problem, whatever. 
yeah, I'll just we'll deal with your little thing with your little um, after I, after I handle this situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sue, her hunter friend, is like, um, okay, okay. Did you <laughs> the, just say your fuck? boyfriend is in hell? Like, am I reading that correctly? And she's like, yes, my boyfriend rules. Uh, <laughs> Rowena uh, tells. We go back over to the throne in hell. Rowena is occupying it very, very deftly. Uh, she tells Sam that killing her was the best thing for her. She misses flesh on flesh sex, uh, which that's a buckling line if I've ever heard one. Yeah, and I just like what other type of sex? <laughs> what yeah, do you, what do you mean? Anyway, uh, astral sex. <laughs> but she uh, she's the queen now, so she tells Sam to go get her a drink. He's extremely flustered. Uh, she immediately picks up on the relationship drama between Dean and Castiel and says... We, we just hear the, the clattering and, and breaking of glass and bottles <laughs> in the other room because Sam is sweating so much he can't hold anything. Yeah, yeah, he tries to pick up a glass and it just slips right through his fingers and just breaks everywhere. And he's like, oh, oh God, God. Damn it. Oh, God. how much does hell glass cost? Is this coming out of my, my soul, he comes Dad? Back. <laughs> he comes back and he has sweat through his jacket. <laughs> All of his clothing just looks like a paper towel that you put on top of a real greasy pizza. It's just see-through at this point, <laughs> yeah. just filled with Dude's sweat. just looking at him like, what the, f- how are we related? Sam, what is wrong with you? Uh, <laughs> Rowita says, she tells Sam, or excuse me, Dean and Castiel to like fix whatever problem they have uh, because life is short and she regrets some things in her life, uh, like making Napoleon short, uh, which is, again, a very buckling line. And, um, yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, just a real dumb line, in my opinion. Uh, but she, she says, you know, but I also regret pretty much everything I did with Fergus, with Crowley. Uh, so whatever it is, just fix it, because, you know, life is short. And I really thought we were going to delve into some of that uh, in this episode, and we do not. I'm still waiting for the eventual, like, makeup scene between Dean and Castiel. Yeah. Um, I, I personally want to see Crowley again, but at this point, it feels like it would probably be really cheap. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But uh, we got to mention. We got to mention of him. We do. We do. We did say the name. Uh, Sam drive, arrives back with the drink. Uh, so does a demon who says that Michael is not in hell. And then we smash cut to our other guest uh, who, who is hanging out in a diner somewhere. This is Adam slash Michael uh, who is eating food for the first time in 10 years. Uh, yeah. Adam and Michael seem to have a very casual relationship with each other. They're just kind of talking. Um, there's several scenes where uh, the actor is talking to himself as one is playing Adam and the other one's playing Michael that are really well filmed. Like Richard Spite did a really yeah. good, Richard Spate did a really good job. You see that Chris? Do you see my, did you hear I that? Go, oh, self-correction. I, I corrected that. Hey, we're learning. Um, just in time to finish the show. It's the yeah. last, it's the last time we'll ever have yeah. an episode eight, everybody. Um, um, ooh, um, eight rounds with Spate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this, this actor, he did a, he did a really great job playing both parts of it. It's presented really well. I was just genuinely very surprised. With everything, with everything involving this, I just felt like if they did this, it was going to suck. We talked about it a couple episodes, the the inevitability of this, I guess. Um, and re- yeah, really, really surprised at how well it seems to all present itself. Yeah. He's written in an interesting way. There's not like crazy. It's just it, they talk like two cellmates yeah. who have just been in, in the shit. These boys have been through it together for a very long time. There's no sense in them fighting each other. One of them's not Lucifer, you know? You know, Adam Adam was going along with things. It's not like Sam who disrupted the whole process. Um so Adam or so Michael has no reason to really hate Adam. Um and yeah, I'm just I was very, very surprised to see this relationship. Yeah, and it's I like that that they're not insane too. Like I like that this is just like, oh hey, we're on Earth. Uh, they're having a casual conversation about what they're going to do. Uh, you know, Michael's like, I'll, I don't really know if I'm going to go to heaven. Um, you know, I 
kind of feel pretty much like I'm alone in the world. All my brothers are dead. My dad's gone. And Adam says the same thing. Like, yeah, I'm all alone too. He's like, well, what about the Winchesters or your brothers? Like, yeah, I met them once and they sent me to hell. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> and then they both kind of look at each other and go like family sucks. Um, and I, I like the fact that Adam is going to be throughout this episode. Like, not necessarily he's not a hard ass about anything but he obviously does not want to be involved either uh and, and yeah. M- michael feels the same way where he's like i don't give a shit about any of this like this is y'all's business as far as i'm concerned although michael is going to get a little bit more in depth um yeah. but the adam they, stuff they draw I think some is, some pretty clear lines in the sand exactly yeah um and i feel like i'm glad we didn't have like a huge emotional thing with adam because it, he he's right we only met him once like like yeah. they're, they're not like for they're they're biologically related via john winchester but also like they're not brothers like sam and dean are right like mm-hmm. they're not even brothers like sam and lee or excuse me dean and lee were <laughs> like, they don't even they yeah there's they, the one episode where it turns out that the guy they've been hanging out with the whole episode was a ghoul yep. and that the real adam was dead uh and then we see him in like the finale or whatever that's it when of season five yeah. when uh he was taken from heaven, correct? Because he was already dead. Yeah, I think Zachariah had something. Didn't Zachariah bring him into that like Zachariah room? brought him back, and then yeah, they yeah. they yeah. Um, but this is good. Like I I am surprised about how much I like this. Uh, we go back over to the bunker where uh, Dean calls Donnie and is like, "Hey, yo, have you sensed any like weird angelic power?" And he's like, "No, why?" He's like, "Well, you're gonna so just you know let us know when you yeah. do." Um, <laughs> and then there's this like kind of sweet moment between Dean and Sam. Which is very nice, but also makes me think that they are going to go back to some of the old tropes about how to get out of the hunter life for the finale that mm-hmm. I am not super excited about. How did you, how did you feel about this? I, I I liked Dean taking on this role for once. It feels like, you know, he's saying what Sam wants to hear, I think. Sam's a little bit too trepidatious to, like, admit some of this stuff to himself. I mean, obviously, we it's pretty clear that him and Eileen had something going on. Um, I don't think Sam was in a position to say, I want to be in a relationship, and, like, that's, that's what I want my life to be. Um, so I think for him to hear Dean saying, hey, man, come on. Like, yeah, it didn't work out for us before, but Eileen's a hunter. Like, she knows the deal, and, like, yeah, you might lose her. He doesn't say this, but <laughs> that's kind of the implication. It's like, hey, you guys, you know, you're going to go through some shit, but you both know the deal. You both signed up for this. It's it's different than trying to meet a normie on the outside, run over a dog, suddenly, you know, it's just, you, you get a mess on your hands. Um, I like I just liked Dean saying all this. It's like it's a really supportive thing for him to do. Yeah, and uh, I like Sam being like, when, it, when the subject is first brought up, Sam is obviously very uncomfortable. He doesn't like to talk about anything like this, and he's like, yeah, we have an agreement (laughs) what does that mean sam (laughs) what did you guys talk about how are you what does an agreement mean are you guys just friends with benefits or are you hunters with benefits like what is what is this agreement um yeah i don't know i I, it's (laughs) with it with sam it could be anything (laughs) and and dean kind of finishes this off of like look all i'm saying is that you could do a lot worse and she could certainly do better uh which is feels like kind of a bonding (laughs) moment between these two mm-hmm. brothers, which we haven't really had a lot of, like just this kind of casual, hey, we're friends and brothers, and we we want the best for each other. Um, yeah. The only thing that while. worries it me has been a while. about it is, I, I just if it's foreshadowing for like Sam leaves the life or Dean leaves the life again, like I just I don't want that plot. <laughs> like I've, mm-hmm. I've said that from the beginning. Like I want season fifteen to be. Like, I want it to end on a climax. Um, I don't necessarily need a whole lot of epilogue of, like, and then they lived happily ever after. Like, I just, yeah. I want them to go through this whole God thing and then have a climax and then maybe some idea of what happened, but not necessarily a lot of it. So we'll Again, see. season five. 
they they set the structure up the big thing happens almost at the exact end of the episode and then there's like a minute what two minute thing at the end of like hey castiel is alive and bobby's alive uh and dean's gonna go check it on lisa i guess and like you know it, it asks some questions at the end leaves some things up to the imagination and then it ends yeah um and sam I is yeah, there, i don't want to which is always really weird <laughs> yeah <laughs> um anywho so so we go back to adam um where uh who's wondering like i guess i need to figure out how to get a job like i'm still wearing the same clothes i was wearing 10 years ago uh but before they can really get into that conversation our old friend lilith shows up uh lilith is uh a little bit, you know, rowdy for Michael, who calls her a speck of infernal vile. Uh, I gotta say, that's a pretty good line. Sounds like sounds like something out of a Diablo three, like yeah. <laughs> equipment <laughs> roster. Yeah, she's like, an item. She's I, an I, item I need ten three. specs of infernal vile so I can upgrade my my armor to point five or whatever. Um, and she kind of says like, "Hey, yo, Chuck, we need you back." And he's like, "I don't believe you." And he's she's like, "Why? Why would he send you back here to get me?" And she's like, "Well, we used to work together. Like, we set up the apocalypse to bring it back." And he's like, "Yeah, but that didn't work." <laughs> and then yeah, when she goes to grab him, is like, "I can't leave here without you. Like, I can't, I can't let him down." He just fucking smites her to dust. Um, yeah, in front well, of everybody. Well, it's just gone. Okay. Yeah, and then like snaps everybody's memory away from it uh, that that saw it in the diner. Um. Does, doesn't snipe the like pile of dust so like someone's gonna have to clean that up thanks michael um but yeah what the hell i if, I, I was astonished at this because i really kind of thought lilith was going to be like uh, a number two to god and like kind of be yeah. the person you know working some of god's plans so it really surprised me that they just dusted her this early i guess technically god could just bring her back if he wanted to but um I, I yeah know. i mean it certainly shows that like michael still has power and he's still a potential threat or a potential ally um but yeah i don't know it would have been good if he just like zapped her away and then we could get to you know explore the little thing a little bit more because it is interesting that of all the people to bring back it was her you know that has to mean something or it feels like it should mean something i don't know um but yeah again michael and adam's demeanor throughout the, all this still kept me very intrigued he's just it's we got so used to seeing alternate universe michael that this Michael seems so different. It does indeed. It really seemed like a blast from the past. It, like it very much seems like straight out of season four or five. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big result of all of this is that Donatello is able to feel uh, Michael using his power. Um, and so he calls Dean and then Michael spends a lot of time like flying all over the world uh, and then settles in Cairo, Egypt. But Dean realizes very quickly, like we can't go find him. Like we, he's just going to leave before we get to Egypt. And Castiel's like, oh, I got a plan. I'll pray also, to Also, I don't have a passport. Also, also, I'm terrified of planes. And the idea of spending 20 hours on one is, is really excruciating to me. Please. <laughs> the idea of sending Sam to a different country alone is just too much for me to take. <laughs> yeah. And Eileen's dead. So we can't, we've been working on it, trying to get her an ID and it's not going well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but Castiel says, like, oh, I got this. I will I will go sit beside the chessboard and pray, uh, and I will ask Michael to come meet me at a wet pipe factory that is not the bunker, so we can bring him back to the bunker later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this uh, this is so good, indeed, though. Like, indeed, ca- they do. They meet in a wet pipe factory. <laughs> but this, the, the little speech that Castiel gives to Michael about going through a terrible ordeal out of reach of heaven and earth, like, much has changed, even, you know, with heaven and your father. Uh and he says that, you know, hey, we're not your enemy anymore because Chuck is everybody's enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think this is what really makes Michael show up uh, because Michael is extremely pissed at Castiel, like just immediately aggro with this dude. Yeah, um, I, I really like even before that, I, I like Castiel's speech a lot. It's 
it's very angelic, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, some of that old, I mean, more and more of the iron blooded Castiel is coming out. I'm throwing that term out, but I do, I do very much kind of. It, it's interesting seeing this hardened version of, of him. You know, he become more and more human through his relationship with Dean, uh, and now that that's kind of been severed a little bit, you can see him reverting back to old school Castiel, uh, and and just the way that he addresses this like prayer to Michael, like really reminded me of that. Um, but then yeah, they meet up, and it's pretty hostile right away. <laughs> Yeah. Um, he says, you know, Castiel's like, do you remember me? And he's like, yeah, you called me an ass butt, set me on fire and then sent me to hell. I remember who you are. Um, <laughs> and Michael is like, you know, I really wonder if you asked me here so that you could beg for forgiveness. And Castiel, again, fucking big dick energy. Oh, I didn't Castiel. come to beg. I didn't come to beg. And he sets the holy oil circle on fire and then out come the Winchesters. And I'm like, oh, dude, his dick is huge. Why? Why were we not playing ACDC right now? This is an ACDC yeah. moment. What come are we on. doing? Bam. Yeah, we needed it. <laughs> and then Dean brings out the handcuffs, and I'm like, "Is this going a different direction?" Oh yeah, I forgot Whoa. about I forgot about the Whoa. archangel cuffs, which they have made no effort to look like anything but normal handcuffs. <laughs> so. yeah, just regular handcuffs. <laughs> and then yeah, they bring him back to the bunker. Uh, Michael very quickly tells them that this is a completely stupid plan. Uh, Sam asks him for help, and then Michael spends a little time like ripping on all of them of like, "Hey, y'all, it." I feel like Michael is oddly polite to Sam. <laughs> Absolutely, he's just like, "Oh yeah," because I mean, well, technically, Sam followed the plan, and then he got trapped out of there in the cage. So he, I think he just feels bad for Sam. Everybody feels bad for Sam. Like Sam, Sam feels bad for Sam right now. He doesn't know what he's doing in this world. Uh, <laughs> but he's he's you know he kind of rightfully is like you know you guys let lucifer free i was still in there <laughs> like you could have come got me you know yeah, and your brother uh and they're like well you know we didn't mean to do that to adam and he's like well don't tell me tell adam it's sam is like look at it this way we got lucifer out of there yeah you didn't have to put up with him i've, I've been with that dude he's obnoxious <laughs> and michael just sort of shrugs like huh yeah <laughs> that's a fair point uh Michael turns over control to Adam, uh, which kind of astounds Dean, who has you know spent most of season fourteen fighting against uh, Michael from mm. a different universe, uh, never uh, once being allowed to like gain control back, uh, and the, and he's just astounded. He's like, "Oh my god, he just lets you be." And Adam's like, "Yeah, we came to an agreement." Um, and then very quickly is like, Dean's like, "I'm, I don't know what we can do to make up for it." And, and Adam's like, "You could say I'm sorry." Like that people usually mm-hmm. start with "I'm sorry." And Dean pauses in a way that makes me think that Dean did not want to say I'm sorry for some reason. <laughs> um, I think uh, there there is the part of it that, that that reads to me like it just didn't even seem like that could that could even like possibly make anything better, right? Like he's so used to these like overwrought, horrible life or death situations where "I'm sorry" isn't enough. So to ask for, for somebody to just straight up ask him like, "Yeah, you, I mean, you could just you could just say you're sorry." Like I think that that. Being such a normal thing is so huge for him, especially look at the relationship that him and Cass have right now, right? If one of them could just say, I'm sorry, <laughs> I think that we'd, we'd be in a whole different place. Um, so I, I think he's just so taken aback by the simplicity of those words. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and this is this is all good. Before this can really go far, Michael takes uh, takes over again and is like, hey, if Chuck is back, that means that, or he never says Chuck. He always says either father or God. Um, that means he's going to usher in a paradise and Dean's like no you know this dude is he wants to be entertained and paradise is boring like you you know he's he's he wants to mix things up and Michael just thinks that they're all lying um 
and then he leaves and leaves Adam in control. And Adam is like, yeah, he's gone. He's not going to be willing to talk to you. Um, mm-hmm. And we go through a commercial break and we get the scene between Adam and Michael, uh, which I think is just very deftly done. Like, again, I'm very surprised this isn't a Buckley Man episode uh, because uh, this is Adam saying like, hey, I I wonder if they actually are telling the truth. Like Sam and Dean, for all of their faults, they genuinely try to be on the right side of things. And if they're telling us this, that means that they legitimately believe it and and michael is like so you forgive them and he's like not at all like that's but that's not what we're talking (laughs) about like if they believe this then more than likely it's true like they they tried to get me away from accepting you right like and they were right about that like no offense bro (laughs) but my life is no offense bro but they told me not to do this (laughs) yeah and and they were right um and i just think this is it's, it's a very short scene but i think it's a really like well captured character for adam because i've really expected them to bring adam back in like the shittiest uh meanest way possible of wanting to mm-hmm. hurt or kill the winchesters or having michael do using michael's power to possess dean or blah 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 and yeah i thought it was definitely going to be like almost like a tongue-in-cheek thing because it's been this this sort of joke for so many years they're like oh you left him down in the left him down in the cage what about him um so i definitely thought they were going to be doing a self-referential like punk on themselves you know yes. but um mm-hmm. no they they just really surprised me with how they handled him um i think that again i think the actors just doing a really good job like just kind of coming out of nowhere returning to supernatural 11 years later and like doing a pretty good job yeah yeah i mean they're everybody like i feel bad for kevin because like they just they, i mean they just not, they don't give kevin much to do and then they were like i love, love you guys, guys. <laughs> it's like uh, kevin uh, does the worst job ever of convincing jack the ripper that he's on their side <laughs> <laughs> no i am your friend um Adam and, and Michael continue to talk and Adam and Michael says like, I've known you for 10 years. I've known my father for eternity. And Adam's like, yeah, but do you know him as well as you think you do? Like, does it even hurt? Does, what's the hurt to even ask the question? And Adam, Michael's like, it absolutely hurts. It would mean that I'm, who has always been the good son who has trusted his father now doubts his father. Uh, you know, calling into the, like the whole reason that there's an opposite of Lucifer, right? Is because Lucifer had those doubts and Michael never did. And I, I, I don't know if they're going to continue this path at all because it kind of feels like this whole Adam Michael thing is wrapped up by the end of the episode. But I, I mm-hmm. genuinely like making Michael doubt God. <laughs> like that's that's a pretty yeah. fun. That's a pretty fun thing to do in season fifteen. Yeah, again, and it's pulling on those old plot lines, those old themes. Um, it's 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 interesting. Just again, really surprised to see this happening. Uh, Eileen, Eileen's friend Sue calls and is like, "Hey, yo." I'm I'm in town about those vampires and she's like, mm, sorry girl, me and my BF, we got we got cosmic shit to do. And she's like, oh, but I'm getting attacked by vampires right now. And she's like, oh, yeah. When she said like, oh, what do you need to ask permission? Like, I guess that should have been our red flag of like, oh, something's something's not right here. Um, so her friend Sam is like literally attacked, uh, like on screen. Um, she rushes over. Eileen rushes over to Sam and is like, yo, vampire problem. Let's go. And very glad to see Sam just like, all right, let's rock. Like, let me grab my coat. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. I expected Eileen to like run off on her own and for this to then be like another thing of her Mm -hmm. in danger or whatever. Um, but again, it shows that this is, they're using the, the buddy system and they're trusting each other. And so, yeah, it's just, it all worked out. Um, Castiel and Michael have a conversation. Michael tells Castiel he's not going to betray God and Castiel responds with like, Hey, yo, God betrayed you first. Uh, and then Castiel, <laughs> like, uh, I think we're going to find out a little bit that this is a plan between Castiel and Dean to kind of goad Michael into action. Um, mm-hmm. 
but he just comes out so hardcore and i'm like fucking iron rod castiel man like big oh, dick yeah. swinging oh, down yeah. the road he's like i never really liked you i thought you were super haughty i thought you had an entire oak tree shoved up your ass but now mm. now i just pity you because now you're finding out that you're not even it's not it's worse than you're not even his favorite you're not even a part of the story you're not the main character yeah like at least lucifer this entire time has been telling us you can't trust god what are you um and that's when michael grabs castiel starts choking him out and castiel grabs his head uh and is like you need to see the truth and we get like a little montage memory download yeah as he as he brain fries michael a little bit and let me tell you this this guy is he's acting i was really worried he was going to pop a blood vessel he's he's going into it he's like dude i'm i got one day on set oh yeah i'll go all in who cares <laughs> I'll, I'll pop a blood vessel I'll, i don't care i was a little concerned about this dude like he looked really red like i hope there's a little bit of like post-processing <laughs> on that image because wow um, it was intense <laughs> Later on, Dean finds Castiel in the kitchen. He grabs a beer and he's like, I wonder if we went too far. And Castiel's like, I have no idea. Like, he just told me to leave. Then he wanted me dead. Uh, and then they, you know, talk a little bit about Sam and Eileen. And then they, the whole bunker shakes. Uh, and they run over to Michael, uh, who has come to the realization that God is, has lied to him. And he says, you know, I, I gave him everything. And I'm not even the only Michael. I'm not even the only Michael. <laughs> what a lie. <laughs> It's so rough, dude. I feel so bad for this dude. It's like when the boys found out, like, we're not even John's only sons. <laughs> what do you mean, what do you mean there's two Deans? I don't like this at all. I don't, I don't like this other Dean at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this dude's this dude's pretty shook. And then we cut over to um, Eileen and Sam, right? Yeah. Uh, they show up where Sue asked them to meet. Uh, Sue is like, hey, what's up? And then immediately turns into Chuck. Like, Chuck has no ability yeah. <laughs> to, to run this play for very long. No, um, not at all. You know, they see the abandoned truck, and Sam's sniffing around like, yeah, it doesn't smell like vampires here. I've been killed by one before. I wouldn't help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know a lot about vampires. Not only did I, did I get killed by one, I've killed them, and then I uh, allow my brother to be turned into one. So, like, I've done mm-hmm. all of the vampire stuff. He's never, um, you know, he's never hooked up with a vampire, though, I don't think. Um no, I feel like that's one of that's on his bucket list for I sure. I think what's the was it there a vampire uh, there's like a girl vampire who was like we only eat cows or whatever yeah, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. yeah do you think him and her maybe well maybe uh, when he was soulless he dialed her up <laughs> what's up girl you remember that what's time up, I saved and you then, from Gordon and then he B. immediately <laughs> turned her into the Campbells afterwards ooh Sam ooh, not good dude not good harsh <laughs> harsh Sam Sam harsh brother oh man um. Michael says, uh, oh, th- this is Chuck, and that we end here, so we, we don't really know what's going to happen. That se- seems bad, though. Uh, yeah, it seems bad. Michael tells Dina Castiel, like, okay, I'll help you. Here's a handwritten spell. <laughs> and I'm like, we, yeah. th- really? He's a, what, what has been done to the darkness can be uh, done to God. Anyway, I wrote it down for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wrote it down on this piece of paper. Uh, <laughs> to, just like a little to-do list that Castiel had with a yeah. little, little cherub angel at the top. Uh, he folded it into like the smallest little thing he could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has to, like, it's one of those um, things from the schoolyard of, like, you pick the number and you get one, two, three, four, five. Okay, yeah, pick yeah, the yeah, second yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, it's one of those, but for a spell to kill God. Um, they need some like myrrh and some frankincense or something. Uh, but the big thing that they need to do this spell is a Leviathan blossom. Uh, and that can only be found from purgatory. Uh, So Michael's literally a a flower that grows in purgatory. So Michael snaps and he just opens the door to purgatory, which seems a little hardcore for Archangel territory, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd never have known them to do this before, but I guess we've never known them not to do it. So sure. Fine. I'm a whatever. 
I, I get a little frustrated with this because like we saw this for the first time with the uh, um, Nephilim with Jack. Mm, and that mm. was supposed to be like this crazy powerful creature. And then we don't ever see like Lucifer couldn't do this, right? Like he was, he was constantly right. seeking out Jack's power to do this. Michael in the other universe couldn't do this because he was constantly trying to figure out the spell to get across. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the fact that Michael can just like, bam, go into purgatory but I don't know if, like, is purgatory different than a different universe? I guess it must be, but... But I get... Fr- the effect, because they're the, using the, the same effect. The effect looks the same. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> That's what's frustrating about it to me, is like, don't give me the other universe, like, special effect if we're just going to purgatory, which the and last I, time I, I looked mean, at it was I just like a hole I guess they could have just said, uh, I've prepared a spell to open up a gate to purgatory and you're going to go through it. Um, but that would have taken longer. So they just said, fuck it. He's just going to snap his fingers. Um, Michael, uh, they hand over the spell uh, and Michael is like, all right, I'm out. And they're like, you don't want to go with this? And he's like, absolutely not. Like, I have so many better things to do than go with you to purgatory. I'm sorry. I have, did you guys know that there's an Apple store in, in Jerusalem, Kansas or wherever the fuck they live now? Um, I'm going to go get the new iPhone, iPhone 13, dude. It has yeah. a macro iPhone camera. 13. Um, <laughs> but Dean stops him and is like, Hey, before you leave, can I talk to Adam? Uh, and he's like, it's, so Michael turns over control and, uh, Dean says, look, I want you to know we are so sorry what happened to you. You're, you're, an, you're a good man and you did not deserve that. Uh, and Adam responds, you know, since when do we get what we deserve? And then leaves and leaving Dean and Castiel there to just kind of look at the portal. Yeah. He just, he drops him on a, you know, good luck. Bye bye. It's his his entire energy is I'm not going to hold it against you, but I don't really want anything to do with you. See you later. Yep. And that's an episode. That's an episode. We got two cliffhangers. The idea of Dean and Castiel once again having to face down Purgatory uh, is is really interesting. It's a place that they fucking went through. You know, they've got they've got some history there. I can only imagine that maybe this could bring them back together again. Um, I don't know. Maybe Benny will be there. We simply don't know. Who knows? He's already showed up once this season, so who who knows? Uh, yeah, but uh, but the idea of of uh, Dean and Castiel having to go back to to the Perg is really interesting. So, um, hopefully they can do something cool with that. And I feel Meanwhile, like I feel like this is going to be the time where they have to uh, this is where they have to fix their issues with each other, right? Like this is they the have point to. where they have because to. they're going to be on the same side. They're going to be in a hostile area. They have to be able to um like work together. And they can't really do that when they're arguing or not talking to each other. So I'm I'm excited to see how this is going to play out. Um, and also, like you know, whatever Chuck, Chuck has with Sam and Aline, I'm sure that's going to be interesting too. Uh, but I'm just really surprised that I like this episode so much. Like, if you told me, "Oh, hey, at Adam and Rowena are coming back," I'd be like, "Oh my god, seriously again?" Uh, but yeah, it, what? <laughs> it works way better than it should. It's it yes, I mean. Uh... I, I don't know. I guess we'll probably never see Adam or Michael again. I don't know. Michael's so powerful that it would be weird if he never came back into play. Um, I could see them bringing him back in like a different vessel. Like, oh, I let Adam go home. But um, <laughs> yeah. it'd be cool to see them both again, I guess. Uh, it's 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 was handled better than I expected. I keep saying it. I'm excited to see what happens next. So, yeah, interesting episode. It finally feels like season 15 is gaining some forward momentum, which has been my main problem with season 15 mm-hmm. so far is like we we started out with kind of a, a bang, um, but it very quickly stagnated with like two or three episodes of dealing with Jack the Ripper ghost. Um, and then, you know, since then, we've kind of had been mired in 
the characters having to come to terms with being able to move forward. Uh, and I, I don't, maybe at the end of season 15, I'll be able to look back and appreciate that a little bit more. But for now I'm looking at it going like, eh, I mean, maybe I guess I can, but yeah. like, it just feels like we spent a, a solid seven or eight episodes leading up to here which is when season 15 is going to finally kick off. Uh, I don't yeah, know that. Well, at least right? we hope so. Yeah, yeah. And there's a month. Uh, so, like, we this was a like mid-season finale or whatever. Um, and then at some point, COVID's going to hit, and we're going to go months without seeing episodes, right? Yeah. Like, that's really fucking bizarre. So I'm really curious how that's going to, like, change the tone and feel of season 15. Um, yeah, I don't know when, when we get to that point, but it will be interesting to see yeah. if there's, like, a big difference. Yeah, I dig this one. Uh, apologies if you've heard me blow my nose constantly on this microphone. I've really tried to edit all of that stuff out. But if it sucks up for you, I'm so sorry. I know it's disgusting to listen to. Uh, I know it's bad because Autumn told me that I was gross and made me sleep in another bedroom the other night. So oh, if no. she if she won't even put up with my ass, I know you guys don't like it. So uh, thank you, everybody that's on our Patreon. Thank you for everybody leaving reviews and writing to us and sending us stuff and DMs. And it's so, so appreciated. Uh, thank yes. you to the huge group group of people uh old and new on our discord that have been so delightful um we really appreciate that all of you people uh, it's such a good community we, we love you thank you uh we'll be back next week with as god is my witness Ooh. i've always my. thought that saying is god as my witness but this is yeah is. with god as my witness wait what did you say with god as my witness yeah as god is my witness that's a weird that's a weird pronunciation they or weird. flipped it they flipped it on us yeah <laughs> what are you doing supernatural jesus come on supernatural get it straight hello howdy partner Look who just rode in off the prairie! I'm just gonna warn you now. I'm uh, I'm very husky. <laughs> you you sound you you sound like a cowboy. I'm I'm my voice is weird today, so I can um, hear it. I can hear it. It's not off putting, but I can hear it. Honestly, it's probably more attractive than my normal voice. So if you find yourself getting aroused at all, just just you know ignore it. And move something on. a little mysterious about it. Something a little dangerous. Hey, Chris Mosier, how you doing? I um I do I do gotta turn you up in the headphones though. Do it. Do it right now. Get it done. You up. Get it we done. Up. I um <clears throat> also I'm I'm very uh snarfly and sneezy. So if uh mm. if I just If you gotta snarfle and sneeze, hey, no worries. I'm just getting over the snarfles and sneezes myself. Um we somehow managed to avoid recording <laughs> the entire time I was sick pretty much. It's very good. Uh if you do uh hear me do that stuff just uh ignore it okay no problem so uh i was looking at something and trying to figure out something and it's not working so i'm just going to ignore it how are you man how are you doing i'm good doing I'm, good? I'm doing all right i i'm getting over my cold so that's good um coming off the birthday weekend you know hanging out Happy birthday on the mic officially. Your birthday Thank was you. yesterday, right? And I guess this this is probably the closest one to your birthday. So happy birthday, Jeremy! Thank you. Mine is this Saturday. So, Sat- oh, Sat- good day, good day for a birthday. Um, yeah. I have family coming in. We're doing an early Thanksgiving with two of my sisters. So, oh, cool. 
uh, on Saturday we'll be uh, smoking a couple of turkeys and making Ooh. some food and just, you know, in general having a good time. Just having a good time. See, that's, I, I have discovered over the last couple of years, I don't like to be the center of attention. I love attention, but I don't want to be at the center of it. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> um, so this year, for oh, when Jess and I got engaged, it was Memorial Day weekend. My parents were already having a big cookout. Big, I mean, like my sisters were going. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, okay, perfect. We don't need to do like an engagement party or anything like that. We'll just, you know, we'll just see everybody at the cookout. Perfect. It worked out great for us. And then this weekend, um, it was my nephew's first birthday. So my sister, you know, had a party. She had her friends over um, to, for the big oh one. You know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> um, uh-huh. uh-huh. And then at the same time, she's like, oh, happy birthday. Um, here's a card. That's great. That's great. I'm not the center of attention. I'm just a guy who's there who's also getting like an extra piece of cake. And that's it's perfect. That's all I needed. It, 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 I saw everybody, but it wasn't about me. And it just worked out so well. Good. Congratulations, dude. Thank you so much. And then yesterday you, you so watched every, every Twilight movie? We watched, um, we watched a bunch of anime last night. Um, <laughs> that's not what Twitter said. <laughs> no, no, no. And then at a certain point, I was we had joked about watching Twilight again. Um, and then I popped over to Netflix and I just like threw it on, expecting to like watch it for a few minutes and then turn it off. And but we were like forty five minutes in already. Um, apparently, we had left off somewhere, so we ended up finishing Twilight. And then Jess and I have seen it so many times, like we we have come up with our own insight. It's just like what you and I do with Supernatural, but we do that with Twilight. Mm-hmm. Um, so we finished that, and then we watched all of New Moon. Um, oh, Jesus, which is that's that's about the only other one I can stomach out of those movies. I love the first one. We know that this is well trodden territory. Yes, it after is. that, after that, it it drops off pretty fucking swiftly. Not even um, good for a fun watch, right? Like it's just a it's just a bad movie. I think the se- the second one has some merits to it. Um, I I genuinely do think that it does. As far as like the storytelling goes, it's probably the most interesting Stephanie Meyer ever gets with this, because <laughs> um, she's like, well, I'm going to do something a little different this time around. Um, I felt that way when I read the book. I felt that way watching the movie last night. Um, then there's a third and fourth. The third movie is like, it's poo poo pee pee, dude. Like I cannot fucking stand that movie. I saw it in theaters. What with are my you... friend Steve's mom? What? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> It's just a bad movie. It just—it's very uncomfortable to watch. None of it's good. It's not funny. It's just—it sucks. Um, the fourth movie is the, um, I, it's like the fan service movie where like there's like a, a you know, honeymoon and wedding and and you get to see Robert Pattinson's butt. Um, okay. And then and then there's a there's a fifth movie for some reason. There's not five books, but there's a fifth movie and there's there's like some vampire battles in that. That movie's actually all right. <laughs> Okay, cool. But um yeah, anyway, I don't where was I going with that? Anyway, yeah, so Monster of the Week presents. <laughs> well, let's just watch Twilight together. Let's, I will do yeah. a commentary track. <laughs> It'll be really weird you having seen it so many times and having a, a large amount of references and and in jokes and me just have never never experienced it. Like I've only Yeah. I don't think I've ever we've talked about this. I I've never read it like I you know, I it was like I don't know. People just got really into it all of a sudden, and I was like, "I'm cooler than this." Exactly. <laughs> so I just That's I, you know, I did the same thing, um, and then I got into it by accident, and I repressed it 
for so long until we did this podcast, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. So now I'm now I'm coming out with I I love Twilight, and I'm just fully embracing it, and I have a lot of fun with it. Um, but again, I gotta specify, it's really just that first movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what else has been going on, Chris? You had a birthday. <sighs> you, had a birthday. You watch some Twilight. Does any? Do you have any, any video games you need to talk about? Um, I haven't started a new visual novel yet. I've been chipping away at like fifteen different JRPGs because unfo- when, unfortunately, when you finish a game, there's always that there's always that void. Um, and I, yeah, I don't know what to play. Have you played anything good recently? No, I think I told you I finished um, Hellblade, um, and then in my quest yeah. to just go through all of the Game Pass games I've downloaded over the years and not actually played, I did um, Super Liminal. Um, super liminal mm-hmm. is a is a puzzle about like uh perspective. So um, let's say that you need to get up onto a ledge, um, and there's a very tiny like uh letter block, like an ABC block that you would give to a, a kid. Um, you can pick it up and it's normal size, and then let's say that you walk away from it, like you walk you back away from the ledge. So now, because of the way perspective works, the 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 block looks like taller than the ledge. And then when you let go mm, of the block, mm. it will be that way IRL. It'll be that way in the game. So yeah. you can change the shape of things based on their perspective. Um, and it's got like a, a weird plot to it. Very reminiscent of like portal with the, with the robot kind of talking to you, but it never reaches mm-hmm. quite that level. Um, it does some really weird like visual stuff, but like I, the whole time I was playing it, I was like, "Why am I playing this? I'm not having any fun at yeah. all." <laughs> like the puzzles are <laughs> just gonna j- say just good enough you- to like get you through, but like yeah, it, even at the end, I was like, like chapter. There's only eight chapters. I think it only took me like four or five hours to get through it. Um, and then I, I was looking up solutions because I was like, I don't know what the fuck to do here. And then when I noticed I was at the last two chapters, I'm like, well, I'm gonna finish it at this point. Like I just, I'm just gonna try. Yeah. Um, and yeah, when I finished it, I was like, eh, okay, well, I don't, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it would have been better without story if it was just puzzle levels? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, the the story wasn't intrusive at all. Like, there's just times that a okay. robot is talking okay. to you, kind of in between. Um, and then you find like audio logs of the doctor who is overseeing this like uh, lucid dreaming program that you have gone too deep into to get out. Uh, oh, so it's never. It's never really like in your face, uh, but it just it's also not there enough for me to care about. Um, mm. And it's not as like, you know, Portal was fucking hilarious. It was written well. Like Portal 1 and right. 2 are extremely funny games. And th- that robot is great. <laughs> like it's fun. <laughs> and then in Portal 2, Steven Merchant, fucking amazing. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they have they have good. But this was just like a little bit too. It was just a pale imitation of that. So it just never reached those those highs. And, that, you know. It's. I don't know how much the game cost or anything. It was on Game Pass, so like it's not. I don't, but I don't think it's a like a sixty dollar AAA game or anything. Right, right, right. Just some neat concepts, some neat like. I honestly, I stuff. could, I could possibly have it from like PS Plus or something. I don't even easy. Know. Yeah, you absolutely easily could. There's a different game that came out a while back called uh, Maquette that does very similar thing. Well, oh yeah. Oh, I say, oh yeah, I've just downloaded that. I don't know anything about it, but I downloaded it. I was very excited about it because um, it just that same kind of idea of like this perspective and thing. And then you play the game and it's it's that, uh, but the puzzles are really, really obtuse even early on. Like it took me out, like I was already looking stuff up pretty early. Uh, and then you would solve a puzzle and your reward for doing so was just the 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 worst fucking 50 days of summer 
the weak, oh. cute relationship. Yeah. And looking on the internet, like apparently, like the developer, I don't know, like they wrote some of themselves into this. So like it's not, it wasn't just going to be these two people meet and it's super cute and like there's going to go through some drama. But at the same time, it was just like the most San Francisco. Uh, we're yeah. beating on a, on our apple bicycles to go pick a you know electronic orchard i don't i'm just ta- babbling mm-hmm. at this point but it was very mm-hmm. much that like you know yeah. on, on top of acoustic guitars and, and you, that's i mean that's the exact thing about 500 days of summer that makes it so hard to watch is even though that movie is commenting on the meat cute and like being like uh uh-uh, no 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 this guy's full of shit and he's just you know He's imagined a woman and he thinks that he's dating her. And that's literally not at all what's happening here. She's not who she, uh, she's very clearly saying, I'm not that person. You're not actually in love with me. And he won't listen. All that being said, it's still, it's still kind of tough to watch that movie. Yeah, absolutely. It's too much. It's just a little too cute. Like, even if you're making fun of the cute, like it's still, it's still very much that. Especially since that movie came out when I was in high school. Yeah. So all the people watching it, including myself, didn't get it like just thinking oh this is like this is like a love story right like like we just absolutely did not fucking get the point it's um it's 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 one of those weird things i think where you it's like people watching fight club and getting really into fight club all of a sudden oh yeah Uh, and and not realizing like or american psycho or you know all Mm -hmm. those red flag movies that you see about now like that are (laughs) You know, hey, like I, I really, I really love American Psycho. Like you can love that movie and not like idolize Patrick Bateman or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just, it's just that. And like yeah. in Maquette <laughs> specifically, it was like they have they picked voice actors, so you were hearing them talk to each other, um, and it was just like it, so it was just a bad version of that. And I just, I don't know, man. Like I, I played just a little bit. I was exci- I paid twenty dollars for that game. I was excited about it, and Damn. just immediately Damn. was lost all interest. It was very sad. What a bummer. Did you have any red flag movies when you were in high school, you think? No, man. We watched, I mean, dude, like, I, we watched Blazing Saddles, right? Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, there was no, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken, the movie, or whatever that, or Kentucky Fried, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, uh, we hadn't, as a kid, I didn't, I didn't become, like, aware of being any sort of socially acceptable at all until very sure, sure, until sure, like sure. recently <laughs> until like sure, my sure, 30s sure, sure, sure. so i think i think looking back my my red flag movie is how much i loved rushmore mm-hmm. um which i think is a really great movie wes anderson but but i i, I don't think you should be like oh i relate you know <laughs> i don't think that's appropriate that's i don't think it's like, appropriate to relate to it you're not supposed um, to idolize that dude like you're not supposed to look at uh i can't remember the dude's name now but uh, max fisher max fisher or his 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 older best friend bill murray mm-hmm. and think that either one of those dudes are cool <laughs> like there's no way thankfully i figured that out pretty quickly after watching it a couple times but i do really love that movie i know you watched it a couple years ago and we're like, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> it was it was fine. Like, it, it, it's not, you know, some of these movies, when you watch them nowadays, like, you're like, uh, for instance, we watched we watch the Supernatural episode um, where Castiel names himself after a character from True Romance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was home alone, and I, I have no impulse control. So if somebody says the words True Romance or Sneakers to me, I will probably watch those movies almost immediately. So I've written back and rewatched True Romance. And if you had asked me, like, what's so good about True Romance, I'd been like, oh, it's filled with these, like, great character actors that have these scenes together, even if the story is just kind of ridiculous. The story is just about a guy and a girl who fall in love at first sight and get into weird crime stuff, and it's just stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have cited, like, this scene between um, Christopher Walken and 
I'm not going to be able to remember the dude's name, but it doesn't matter. James Gandolfini is there too. Uh, and it's just like this really intense scene. And I remember as a kid, and even like in my 20s, I was watching it, I was like, oh my God, this is the funniest thing ever. Um, but the, the whole joke is around the N-word. <laughs> like mm-hmm. the guy tells Chris Walken, who is playing a Sicilian Italian, that, you know, oh, all of your relatives are descended from N-words, which eventually makes Christopher Walken kill this dude. Um, and it's not as funny in 2021. Right. Like probably should have think... been funny in, you know, 20, or, you know, 2001 or whatever. Like it, I, yeah. I just, but it's just, I don't know. You could... Stuff like that, I think, and I could probably apply this to my love for like Rushmore or Wes Anderson in general. Um, you sometimes stuff isn't really that funny. Like the content of it isn't that funny, but when you get the joke, it makes you feel smart mm-hmm. or like makes you feel like you're like, especially when you're a teenager that I know that I very much enjoyed that shit, which is the exact same reason why I couldn't admit to anyone that I liked twilight. Um, granted, I was very supernatural at the time. I still liked anime. Like none of that is, is higher level. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's supernatural probably isn't a higher tier than, than twilight, but you know what I mean? Like I just could admit don't, that I like the stupid thing for the, <laughs> for the same reasons that I acted like, Oh, I, I get what they're saying in this movie. He's not actually awful. I, I actually get it. And you just don't. Yeah. Um, so more of the story. I was a douchebag. Uh, everybody is dude. Like I feel like, um, it, it, it is a white cis dude growing up in the South. Like, I, we just gotta just be a douchebag. We That's just didn't know any better. Like I had no idea. <laughs> like I didn't meet a black, I mean, I knew black people, but like, I'd never, never once occurred to me. Like I, you know, and you either learn that stuff right. or you don't. And I just, I didn't know. I was never like, it, it's, it's weird because I had new friends. I had friends that were actively racist. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a, I, I remember like, kind of having a crush on a black girl when I was a kid and just my cousins just ripping me apart because of it. But I didn't see anything wrong with it. I just knew that my, you know, some of my family like to say the N word a whole lot. Um, And it's, it's really, really weird because as soon as you're exposed to those ideas, your mind is either like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now I get it. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. No, 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 no. I totally understand where you're coming from. This makes a lot of sense to me. Or you just shut down completely and you're like, well, I've been this way for 24 years. I'm fine. Um, yeah. and, and for me, it was definitely the latter thing of like, oh, fuck, I have been such a dick bag my entire life. Like, I just never mm-hmm. even thought about this stuff. And it's easy to get way too into the weeds on that stuff. Like, I'm not going to go back and crucify true romance for having um, Chris or Walken say the N-word or whatever. And But, I mean, it's there. Like, it's, it just makes it weird to watch mm-hmm. nowadays. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's I guess that shows progress, right? It does, yeah. If you're uncomfortable now, I guess it's better than never being uncomfortable at all. Yeah, and, and like I still enjoyed the movie. Like it's not gonna it's not something that makes me, you know. I mean, we can still enjoy Supernatural, even though it's like homophobic in some parts. It's like, yeah, it's wild. Now for like three seasons, Dean is just like, "Wow, Sam, that's gay." Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "What do you mean, Mike? Having a feelings? <laughs> Salad's yeah, gay. Pretty, pretty gay, bro. <laughs> bro, are you into girls? Sam's like, that okay, sounds- just." just you fucking wait dean all right wait till season four you motherfucker i um it, it's it's weird too we had a i don't know if you did you see any of the conversation about like supernatural's obsession with twins and triplets conversation a little bit i was i was i was very confused but yes so uh i guess it was in last week's episode where they dean and lee talk about um you know banging triplets or splitting up some triplets or whatever and how supernatural is just obsessed with this idea of like twins yeah. and triplets and we actually have 
three patrons who are triplets who are sisters i know that's so funny which is bizarre and, it's and, not and that's great. not funny it's just it's no no just it's, fun. It's, it's, it's fun it's, it's funny like it's like one person got into us and was like hey yo and they were like oh shit yeah absolutely um i would have definitely like just had one patron though i'd have been like no 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 no. i'll just give you all of the files yeah, so you um but uh I think this was Deidre. I might be I might be wrong. So if I'm attributing this to the wrong sister, I apologize. Uh, they were saying just how gross that makes them feel because I don't know. It's just incestuous. It's, it's part of their identity, and it's part of who they're close to, and it's never ever ever something that has ever come up. And it's so incestuous and weird and bad, and it just makes them feel bad that Supernatural does it all the time. And I'm it's like, just yeah. it's just dudes dehumanizing, dude. It is uh, people it absolutely and, and is. fetishizing them. Um, it's so it's gross. classic dude stuff right there. Dude, it's just dude bros. It's just dudes being dudes, and it's really gross. Uh, yep. Uh, yep. I, I don't know, though. I, so going way back to your question, like, did I have any red flag movies? Like, absolutely not. Like, nowadays, I think if I met someone and they told me that their favorite movie was Fight Club, I'd be like, why? Mm, mm, yeah. <laughs> like, what, what about that? Every, you... Everybody loved Fight Club when I was in high school. Oh, dude, I, I, I still love one. Fight Club. I think it's a good movie. Like, I think it's great. I just think that... Yeah, it's one a... thing to be like, oh, this is a good movie. I really like it. To um, be like, no, they, this guy's got it this figured out. Like, oh, dude, this this dude has, like, dude. split personality disorder. He needs he needs a, a psychiatrist. He does <laughs> not need to be punching people in his basement. He needs he needs assistance immediately. Yeah. Um, this man needs help. But yeah, like nowadays, I, I don't know though, dude. Like if somebody, you know, if you see people like really idolizing, if I see somebody with the Joker profile picture online, I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know, dude. Seems a little I don't weird. Know. Yep, seems I don't a little, know. seems a little weird that that's your favorite character. Can you can you walk me through the reasons why it's your favorite character? Or you know, <laughs> Rose Shark uh, from Watchmen is the perfect example of this. Uh, oh yeah, because I mean, like that, the, that quote from what's his name, Alan, Alan Moore? Moore. Yeah, where he talks about how in, he invented a, a terrible comic, a, a, a terrible comic book character, put him in the book, and the comic book, or excuse me, a terrible comic book fan made him a character in the comic book, and then terrible comic book fans are like, "Yes, this is the dude. This is who I want. This is my guy." <laughs> Very weird. <clears throat> Supernatural. Shall we speak of it? Oh, I guess so. Um, we can do that. Let's do Instead it. Said me rambling about being woke. I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, woke police are here. Jeez. A, uh, AOC had a thing on Twitter of like how only boomers use the word woke really nowadays, and I just thought that was really funny. It's <laughs> like, kind of true. <laughs> it is. It is like calling yourself woke or calling something like, "Oh, it's the woke police." Like it's a very, it's a very boomer slash conservative thing to do. <clears throat> 